Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Red Legs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Palmer Bear. Play the punting advantage this footy season. Gamble responsibly. Call the Gambler's Helpline on 1800 858 858. And Climate Air Conditioning. Climate Air Conditioning and Solar. Simply the best. Yeah, g'day there, Red and Blue Army. Welcome back to another show of Red Legs Radio. We've got a huge episode lined up ahead of a massive clash with the Panthers on Monday afternoon, the Queen's birthday holiday match down there at Norlunga. Huge show, debutant Tristan Binder just a couple of seconds away. Troy Clements, the life member of the football club, to join us also. Well, I tell you what, last Sunday it was ecstasy and agony all in the same afternoon. A 47-point lead against the league leaders, Glenelg, became a heartbreaking one-point loss. Hope and excitement just turned to despair. In reality, Norwood were fantastic. Their pressure around the ball was elite, their desperation and drive stood out, and their skill level was outstanding. But the momentum shifted, and the defence, under a world of pressure, the young legs just could not stem the tide. Fans will always be disappointed with the loss, but there is an emerging excitement amongst amongst this group. There is too much to like. How about 110 tackles on the weekend? It was sensational. Matthew Nunn's leadership is first class. Mitch Grigg, wasn't it great to see him back kicking some goals, uh, working from the midfield across half forward? And then we've got a band of youngsters finding their feet. Henry Nelligan, gee, I like him. Xavier Tranfer, he's really found his feet as soon as he's made his way into the side. Josh Richards back into the team after some weeks into the reserves. Great to see Josh back in the side. And, of course, Brody Carroll doing things as well. And then there was today's first guest, the boy from the Air Peninsula via the Athelstan Football Club who made his debut for the Norwood Football Club, following in Father Craig's footsteps, I'm talking about Tristan Binder. He joins us now. Tristan, welcome to Redlegs Radio. Yeah, cheers for having me. Great to have you on board, mate. Firstly, I've got to check. How do we spell your first name? Because across all of the Sandful websites at the moment, it looks like there's a second I that I don't reckon belongs there. Are you T-R-I-S-T-A-N or T-R-I-S-T-I-A-N? Uh, yeah, so there's no second I in there. It was pretty funny when he popped up saying, oh, David Lee, and had my nose got wrong. But, yeah, it was, it was yeah, a good laugh. I've told him a couple of times, but that's what I've got through. There's still a syntax error there. Well, I was pretty certain that Tristan, without the second eye, was correct. But, yes, currently on all Sandful websites, you're Tristian, which I'm sure your mother and father <laughs> never went down the road of naming you. But that's what we've got for now. Talking about your mother and father, um, they must have been so proud. I know they were both there at uh, Cooper Stadium on Sunday. They must have been so proud to see you run out onto that famous stadium where your father played, I think, uh, uh, maybe around about 17 games for the club 20-odd years ago. Uh, yes, yeah, so yeah, they played 17 games. 
at Norwood, and uh, yeah, he, he was pretty quiet about the whole thing. He's trying to keep it under wraps, where Mum's basically the complete opposite. <laughs> so she was happy to chuck everything on Facebook as quick as she could. <laughs> um, where, yeah, so she sort of makes up for it for Dad, but yeah, I know, no, Dad was really happy in the final, so yeah, it was a good day. What was what was the match like? I mean, you would have watched a lot of league football. You've played a lot of football, Tristan. It's not like you're a, you know a complete teenager who would have had no experience of this before. But what was the experience like of playing in a Sandful League match and against the league leaders? Yeah, so like yeah, played full season reserves last year, and then obviously reserves started this year and that. And um, yeah, just the pace is so much uh, so much quicker. Just found like. And the skills as well, not that the reserve skills are bad, but this reserve, uh, the league skills, they just, every target's getting hit, you know that. Um, but, yeah, it, just, it didn't really click to me that I was playing a league football game until I was running around with like, the likes of Luke Partington. So, <laughs> we played in the AFL. <laughs> you played the <laughs> AFL, got a McGarry medal in his pocket as well, Luke. So, uh, he is yeah. a star. You and the boys were 47 points up early in the third quarter. I mean... Could you believe where you're at in in such a critical game? Uh, for me, no. I was I was shocked. I was completely in awe that we'd just blown out of the wall straight away. But I knew, I knew Glenelg was going to come back. They're going to come back fighting. We all knew that they were going to come back hard as well. We're all prepared for it, but just not prepared enough. Mm. Tristan, do you, do you get a sense of you know what changed? Did you sort of did the side? even, you know, maybe subconsciously move away from trying to score goals and maybe thinking far enough ahead, let's just save the game, went back into your shells a bit. Was there any discussion with Twig and, and the coaches about maybe what went wrong from early in the third term? Uh, yes, we had a few chats of training Monday about that. Um, it was more that we reckon since we had such a big lead that uh, going into the third quarter, like, oh, it's like, I was playing just a couple of goals where... We should have been all right. They've kicked a couple of goals. We should lock down. We thought, well, we've got a big lead. We can sort of allow those when we really spin the van. We can get a run on. What about when the siren sounded and uh, the margin was one point? You're on the wrong end of it. I mean, it must have just been heartbreaking for the boys. Yeah, I've sadly been on the receiving end of a few one-point losses, all through juniors and then through a few senior games as well. But yeah, it's not. It's never a great feeling. So. But hopefully just take a bit of that uh, out of last week and then bring it to the Panthers this week. What about you personally, mate? I mean, you know, league football, I imagine it's a pretty exciting experience. Do you feel like uh, you've got a taste for it and you're hungry for a bit more? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm really keen now. I've always said to Dad that I just want to play one more league game than him. So hopefully <laughs> get a few, hopefully take a few more off. Um, but, yeah, hopefully I can hang around, play, feel like I played all right, so... Hopefully Twig would like to keep me in the side. See how that goes. There are a number of Norwood fans listening at the moment, Tristan, and they'll be hoping that you play a heck of a lot more than one game more than your father. We want to see you uh, a 10, 15-year player for the club. What will you take away from that opening game? I'm sure there's plenty you feel like you've learnt and experienced. Um, what's what's perhaps the one thing that you'll take from this game and hopefully into uh, next Monday's game against South Adelaide? I'll just sort of, going into the game, I was a bit like, oh, do I, do I sort of belong here? Like, do I, have I played well enough to actually be in this side? Or just come in, sort of, come in as sort of to fill the number with an injury with Michael Noel. But mm. after the game, basically everybody come up to me and said to me, 
that look you didn't look out of place. You looked like you deserved to be in here. Like we all knew that you deserved to be in here for so many reasons, and like you just showed us that yeah, you are a league footballer, and this is your spot. Good stuff. Let's uh, go back and talk about some of your earlier days, mate. I think you grew up on the Air Peninsula and played for the Boston's uh, Football Club. Just tell us a bit about your childhood. Uh, so, yeah, grew up in Port Lincoln. Uh, lived there for 18 years. Played, you know, played for you at the Boston Football Club. Back home, um, sort of struggled in the A grade there. I think we went three years without winning an A grade game in general. So, which is pretty rough, but yeah, played my first A-grade game there at uh, 15, the day before my birthday, so mm. I was pretty excited with that. <laughs> um, but yeah, then yeah, I reckon playing with basically men at such a young age has probably got me to the position I'm at now, sort of developed a bit more. I felt like I um, playing, yeah, playing against men, I sort of had to grow up pretty quick. But yeah, so then yeah, moved over to Adelaide basically three weeks after graduation of year 12. And then yeah, struggling there for a little bit. I was struggling to play at Norwood. And yeah, they sent me out to Atherston for a bit. I played out there, played in the Div 2 Grand Final, which was my first man final ever. And it was, yeah, really exciting. Like we ended up winning by full goal that day, which is re- uh, really, really good. Just, yeah, never been a part of a grand final. So it was, yeah, wonderful experience. And then, yeah, last year, just sort of held my spot with um, the reserves in Norwood. was sort of pushing for a league team, a league spot. But just with such a stacked line, it was hard to break into. Mm. But then, yeah, sort of where I am now. So many things to talk about there. Let's go back to Boston's first of all. And you were playing, uh, what is it? You said, I think your, your day before your 15th birthday, you made your league debut. Did you ever come across a bit of a legend of the Norwood Football Club and a legend of South Australian football, Chris Prime, who's uh, made a big name for himself, kicking goals galore for Tumby Bay? Is that uh, is that someone you've ever come across? Yeah, one of, one of Dad's mates. Dad played footy at Tumby, so him and Prime are pretty good mates from what I've heard. But I never actually played footy against him or like had too much involvement with him. But Dad's definitely had a lot to lot to do with him. That's for sure. You said you went uh, to Athelston, had a couple of years there. Were you playing under Jade Sheedy? Ah, uh, yes, I was. Yeah. So my first year there was yeah under Jade. That was the year we won the flag. So yeah, he, he even messaged me the day before the game, like saying good luck tomorrow, like enjoy it, and that. It's a bit. It's fantastic. Coming from an opposition coach, but I was like, yeah, I'll take it. But fantastic. I mean, you must have learned a lot from him. He's, uh, well, just d- demonstrated himself to be a wonderful coach, now a Sandful League Premiership coach. Yeah, yeah, I learned a lot from him. Yeah, he wanted me to play as a forward as well. He helped me out at Athelston, even though I was only like training one night a week with them and then one night, one night a week with Norwood. So, still helped me out a lot. Uh, it's it's tremendous. I want to talk to you about that grand final. Um, my understanding is not only did you have a win by four goals with Athelston, but there was a young Tristan Binder who kicked four goals that day and took mark of the year. Is that true? Uh, yeah, so yeah, everyone says uh, taking mark of the year, kick four. I probably should have had six. Yeah. I'll kick one out in the fall from basically the goal square and then <laughs> hit the post 
snapping over my shoulder, so I probably should have had two. <laughs> but, yeah, I was probably lucky to hold the mark. It was just one-handed and opposite-handed as well. But I guess it was just sort of my day and it just sort of stuck. Oh, fantastic. What, what a memory. Uh, just incredible. Four goals in a grand final and a massive hanger. Uh, so where's your footy at? What do you want to improve? What, uh, what, where do you want to see yourself? I mean, obviously, you'd like to try and establish yourself in the league team, but what are some of the, the skills that, that you really want to feel like you can develop over the course of the second half of the uh, winter? Uh, well, one thing for me that I'm really big on is trying to work on my short, short kicking game. More, I get, when it comes to that 15 to 25 metre kicks, I get a bit nervous with them and don't always pull the trigger when I oh, know I probably should be. It's an easy kick. But, yeah, I really feel like I'm, if I want to really cement my spot in the league team, I need to be able to, be able to trust that kick and then, yeah, pull the trigger and hit it every time. And just, yeah, I feel like my aerial contests are pretty pretty good. Um, I'm very strong in the air, so that's, mm. that's a um, strength of mine. So just keep, keep tapping in the air and, yeah, just work on the kicking a bit. Tristan, are you a footballer who is a fisherman on the side or you're a fisherman who's a footballer on the side? My understanding is your fishing is second to none. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, moving Adelaide, fishing sort of being pushed to the side a little bit, not much around here or, but, I mean, footy training so often as well sort of pushes push, uh, fishing and camping out of the way. So we sort of want to try and get home as much as I can, catch back, on, catch back up to fishing try and go 50-50 with them. Are you, um, just we'll wrap on this, but uh, I reckon you do some shark fishing, uh, Tristan. What's the biggest shark you've ever caught? Uh, so the biggest shark is just under three metres. Three metre shark? Uh, yes. <laughs> How do you catch a three metre shark? Uh, Still luck and skill, I guess. <laughs> you must have a... few hours on the beach. Yeah, be a huge rod and line, wouldn't it? Ah, uh, yeah, so took just over two and a half hours to get in and walked me and my mate at two and a half k's down the bank. Two and a half k's? Yeah, it was a, it was a nice long walk, 35 <laughs> degree day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And ju- just for those listening, uh, I am aware that uh, you're you're a tag and release guy. You're not uh, you're not just leaving these poor animals to die. You um you, you catch them, tag them, and let them back into the wild. So um, it's a cute little story. You're doing an amazing uh, job with your fishing, there, young man. Tristan, great to chat. Uh, shark fisherman. I tell you what, I feel like the Norwood Football Club's land them- themselves a-, a potential shark of the future for the footy club. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us on Red Legs Radio. Yeah, cheers for having me. That's Tristan Binder there, the first gamer for the Norwood Football Club. Our guest here on Redlegs Radio. He's played his first game. We're hoping to see him get a second game for the Norwood Football Club on Monday when we head down to Norlunga to take on the Panthers. So much more to come on Redlegs Radio. Don't go away. You're listening to Redlegs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climat Air Conditioning. Climat Air Conditioning and Solar. Simply the best. You're listening to Redlegs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Palmerbet. Play the punting advantage this footy season. Gamble responsibly. Call the Gambler's Helpline on 1800 858 858. 
Yeah, welcome back to Red Legs Radio. We're doing it thanks to Palmerbet Gamble responsibly and, of course, a climate air conditioning. Just a little bit of news from the football club last night. It was the under-16 presentations, and I do have an update on who has won the awards for the under-16. So a couple of names for all of you Red Legs fans to keep an eye on for the future. The best and fairest winner was Cade Madigan, the runner-up, William Rowlands, and third place was Connor Butcher. The best team man, Eamon Cronin. The most improved, Matthew Williams, and the best emerging talent was Jacob Newton. So congratulations to all of those boys, the award winners for the Norwood Football Club under-16s. That presentation, of course, was last night at the football club. We are going to... Well, step down the road from the footy club, if you like. It's time to catch up with what is going on at the Northeast, which is a fantastic place for uh, people to get along, have a meal. It's a great family location. There's uh, there's so much to you know to see and do around uh, around the venue. It's a, it's an absolute. Uh, Great place if you've got a young family, you've got kids or you've got teenagers, you want to make sure they get a good, wholesome, healthy feed. And joining us is the Licensed Facilities and Events Manager for the Norwood Football Club, and his that also includes the manager of the licensed venue, the Nor'East. And that's where we're heading now. His name is Chris Branson, and he joins us right now. Chris, welcome to Redlegs Radio. Hello, Ben. How are you going? Well, I am great, mate. Just tell us a little bit about the Nor'East. Tell us where it is and what it does. Okay, so the Nor'East is the licensed venue which is owned by the North Footy Club. So all the profits that come from this venue um, goes back to junior footy and the footy club, which is a, a great way that you can uh, increase um, how we actually look after our, our players and our junior footballers. Uh, the venue is actually um, opposite the Holden Hill Police Station at uh, 583 Northeast Road, Gillies Plains. So we have um, a bistro, a bar, uh, there are 40 gaming machines, uh, which are here, and uh, it's a great venue. We call it a bit of a hidden treasure because of the the size. It's not overly big. We've got 50 people in the dining room with COVID restrictions, uh, but we, we offer something special. Um, is it generally patronised by just Norwood people, or you know, can you barrack for any footy club and turn up? Yeah, of course you can um, barrack <laughs> for anyone. We're, while we're called the Nor'East, when you come into the uh, the, the venue... There's nothing that um, dictates that it's a Nord footy club. We're happy to actually serve anyone um, because we're, we're looking at our offerings um, to the general public. So a lot of people, when they come in, they wouldn't know that this venue um, is, is owned by the Nord Football Club, apart from the members themselves who would obviously get information from, um, from the website and so forth. Tell us a little bit about the menu. I mean, I am love a, love a good feed, if I'm being honest, Chris. Just tell us about the menu. I think you might have varied it up in recent times as well, a new menu on deck. So just tell us a bit about what type of cuisine you're doing. Is it a traditional sort of pub fare, if you like, or have you got a few uh, extra options on top of that? Yeah, so we've got a great, um, cup, great couple of chefs. Um, Raj is from uh, Nepal. He's been here for two and a half years and has got a uh, very good following, as has Nikki. So we have a traditional um, menu, which is on our website, noreast.com.au, um, but we also have our special days as well on top of the a la carte menu. So every day, for example, we have a pint of beer and a, a palmy, chicken or beef palmy for $16. On Wednesdays, we have an authentic curry, fourteen ninety, which mm. Raj makes from scratch. Um, Thursdays, uh, schnitzel day. At night, uh, beef or chicken schnitzel for $12. Friday is fish and chips, $12.50. Wow. Saturday is American T-bone 300-gram rump for nineteen ninety. 
and Sunday is a traditional roast at $15. We also have a couple of specials on the specials board daily, uh, and it's wide and varied um, and very popular uh, as it's become more so probably in the last 12 months. Chris, I've just been uh, writing a few notes there, and I've put one star alongside Raj's Wednesday night curry. Now, my goodness, that would be pretty special. And I reckon, you know, the, the, the standard pub or licensed venue curry is a little bit underwhelming, but I'm going to go down the road and say that Raj would do something pretty special and well over and above what you'd normally get for a pub curry. Yeah, particularly because he's making it from scratch with, uh, with um, Nepalese spices or mm. it can be a, a beef or a lamb or a chicken. And, and obviously it could be um, based on hot or medium or, or mild, depending on what the actual people are or what they require. Mm. But he has a, a great following uh, for that because, um, you know, not many people actually make a lot of our dishes from scratch. Even on a Tuesday when Nikki's cooking, we've started up doing something called Tuesday Old Favourites. So it might be corned beef or crumb brains Brilliant. or tuna mornay, steak and mushroom pie, bread and butter pudding. So some of the favourites that maybe people had when they were younger and don't necessarily want to make themselves anymore but that's we make a lot of everything from scratch which is important i think people appreciate that rather than just a, a deep fried menu uh chris you, and it's not just day in day out meals as well uh, a great and a, probably a smaller but a great location for functions i think uh, mother's day lunches is a, a, a real treat d- down there at the northeast but also um you have the odd melbourne cup function and those sorts of things yeah, so we have Melbourne Cup function, we have Father's Day, Mother's Day menus, we have a um, Bay to Birdwood menu. Huh. We also are uh, promoting at the moment a Christmas in July menu. So that's uh, $35 a head for three courses, minimum of six people. So we've had got a number of bookings already for groups that want to come and um, celebrate their um, half year as a group in July. So that's the bookings for that obviously are essential because with the dining room as it is um, and it's getting busier, um, the, the essential point is to book to make sure you're not disappointed. So, yeah, they, we, um, our staff try to, to make things quite unique, um, particularly even with the photos that we've got on our website, that it's actually photos of our real food, which has actually been made by Raj and Nikki. Um, the website itself was actually designed and written by the staff here. I've got, got a couple of great people um, who were involved in that, and Chantel and Ellie, who, who have done a, a particularly good job in marketing um, our venue. Uh, but overall, I think what's really important to us is our great staff. So I've been quite selective over the last three years since I've been here to make sure that we have staff that have given outstanding service, love our customers, know people by name. And I think that's really appreciated. And we get a strong following from people who come in every week. Oh, let's talk about your staff. One in particular, I believe you're a staff member down, Chris. Jackson Callow, the young forward yeah, for the Norwood Football Club. He's, he's, he's not only is he departed the football club for Hawthorne, he's departed his job at the North East as well. Yeah, he was supposed to do a shift on uh, last Saturday. And obviously <laughs> on the Thursday, I've got the... Uh, actually, I found out that he was on the radio to um, the SEN guys and, from Keith and on the way back to Melbourne. So I thought, well, Jackson's not going to be filling his shift on Saturday now, is he? But he was doing a couple of times a week. Um, really nice guy. I wish him all the best. Um, the staff liked him here. Um, good 18-year-old, and I'm sure he'll um, he'll develop 
um, even further with his football. But a really strong person. Uh, he's a ripper, young Jackson. He spoke to us as well. And then, of course, uh, yeah, as you said, to the uh, Kimbo and the Roach, uh, the team who um, are on the show just previous to us. And uh, no, he's a ripping young lad. He was in the studio here the week before as well. So, yeah, sad to see him depart the Northeast and the Norwood Football Club, but very pleased to see him develop and hopefully get an AFL game before the end of the year at the Hawthorne Football Club. Chris, I'll tell you what, mate, I am making a booking in the next couple of Wednesdays to come and see Raj and get hold of your curry. It's at the, uh, well, uh, to come and see, get hold of Raj's curry, of course. It's at the Northeast. Just give us the address once again, mate. 583 Northeast Road, Giddy's Plains. Just want to mention also that I, we have a great seniors menu, $12.90 uh, for lunches, and that's very popular with people that come in here. Um, also that we've just had some um, done a few updates with new painting outside, new signage, got new gaming chairs, new dining tables and so we've uh, tinting of windows to make it more comfortable for during summer so there's been a, a good amount of investment from the North Footy Club here to make it more comfortable for the people that come in um, and visit us and obviously if you're going to go out somewhere and you're a North supporter, um, come here because at least the profits will go back to your footy club and if you're a member and you show your member card you get a free schooner of beer, soft drink, or a glass of house wine if you show your membership card when you come to the venue. Ah, oh, Chris, I tell you what, mate, they'll be flocking from here on in. You keep up the good work out there at the Northeast, and thanks for your time tonight on Redlegs Radio. Thanks, Ben. Chris Branson there, he is the licensed uh, facilities and events manager at the Norwood Football Club, doing an outstanding job as manager of the licensed venue, the Northeast. We're off to break. On the other side, we're catching up with the life member of the Norwood Football Club, now part of the assistant coaching panel. His name is Troy Clements. You are listening to Redlegs Radio. You're listening to Redlegs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Palmerbet. Play the punting advantage this footy season. Gamble responsibly. Call the Gambler's Helpline on 1-800-858-858. You're listening to Redlegs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Palmerbet. Play the punting advantage this footy season. Gamble responsibly. Call the Gambler's Helpline on 1-800-858-858. Yeah, appreciate your company on Red Legs Radio. We're doing it ahead of the big game on Monday. We're heading out to Norlunga to take on the Panthers. Uh, we got got over the line against them in round five. What a cracking game this is going to be on Monday afternoon, the Queen's birthday public holiday. If we just reflect back to last weekend, of course, we had the one-point loss to Glenelg. So devastating after an outstanding performance for the first two and a half quarters. But the People's Choice Credit Union, People's Choice Voting is in. And I can give you the votes for round nine. It was Jacob Collins with 101 votes who led the way. Isaac Saywell in second on 36. Uh, Nick Rokar picked up nine votes. Matthew Nunn picked up five votes. Cameron Shenton, three. Harry Boyd, two. And there were singles the rest. 163 votes in total. It means that Jackson Callow still leads and leads comfortably by 228 votes. Jacob Collins, the big mover. He's up to 111. Nick Rokar on 40. Isaac Saywell, 38. Cameron Shenton, 13. A group of five players on six. They're Michael Knoll, Brad McKenzie, Matthew Nunn, Jacob Kennelly and Richard Douglas. That is the leaderboard thanks to People's Choice and the People's Choice Credit Union People's Choice Award. Time to talk to, well, he is a favourite son of the Norwood Football Club. Played 209 games, won the best and fairest in 2001. He's back at the football club, looking after the back line as an assistant coach. It's great to see him back at the parade. Troy Clements, welcome back to the Norwood Footy Club and welcome to Redlegs Radio. 
Hooky, thank you very much. It's uh, an honour to be uh, be with you today, and uh, yeah, appreciate the time. Uh, well, no, it is. It's an honour for everyone to uh, get a berth on Redlegs Radio, mate, and I'm sure you are particularly excited. Are you enjoying being back at Norwood, mate? I am. It uh, it is a, a great year to be back. A new coach, new. Uh, I guess not club rooms, but uh, a new new centre there with the Wolf Blast Centre and uh, and. It. Uh, I don't think it, I could find a better time to come back and uh, and be involved back at my club. Uh, Troy, a little bit earlier on in the show, we had Tristan Binder, first game, a boy from the West Coast, grew up at Port Lincoln. I mean, you're a Kimber boy early on. It uh, must have been a bit of a special thrill for you to see a boy from over there on the West Coast uh, get get his first game. It is, and uh, I not just for uh, for Tristan, but I take particular interest in all of the West Coast boys that uh, that come over and play at our club. It was, a, uh, a great day when I found out that Norwood uh, got hold of the Air Peninsula as their recruiting zone because uh, obviously it's a uh, the home previously of our uh, our arch rival and you've seen many great players come through and serve their club and uh, I think that uh, if we do the right thing which we are doing and, and servicing the area over there on the Air Peninsula we will get a, uh, a great return from the talent that comes out of that area and, and Tristan's just the latest of a, uh, a group of boys coming through um, the likes of Kenley and Nelligan also playing um, league football at the moment have all come from the West Coast and, and he uh, he acquitted himself very well on the weekend and um, he will continue to do so into the future as well. It's, it's really interesting, Troy, and it is great that Norwood Football Club has that area now. It's a rich heritage of of uh, of great footballers who've, who've made their way over into South Australia and beyond. Uh, it's been interesting. It's undergone a bit of change uh, over the last 12 months. Uh, five leagues down to four. I think it was the, um, what was it, the, Mid- the Midwest League? I can't even remember what the names of them are now. But uh, I think that one league has sort of disbanded and it's strengthened a few other leagues around the place. Are you comfortable with where all that sits as someone who grew up in that particular region? Yeah, um, you're right, Hookie. It was the Midwest League that uh, sort of um, dissected and went in other areas. And my home area is the Eastern Air Football Football League, and and we've had a lot of uh, lot of challenges in that area over the years. We've had a a league that uh, started out in Kimber with four teams, then made up uh, sort of one and a half teams to join the Eastern Air competition, and then I think we had six six or eight teams initially, and then that's gone down to four. And now we've had uh, Central Air United, which is a mixture of Central Air and also Woodner mm. uh, amalgamate and come over and join the Eastern Air. It, it's, it's sad that uh, the competition over there or the, the all leagues over there are being challenged numbers-wise, but I guess it is on the back of an agricultural business or um, area and farmers are, are buying up other farms. And, and so the, the number of boys that are staying in that area to, to make a living are... I guess is getting less, and that's that's challenging our football over there. But um, it certainly, I don't believe it will affect the the overall quality of uh, the footballers and the footballing um, programs over there. And uh, yeah, I think uh, with the Mortlock Shield coming up, I think with mm. uh, that'll that'll certainly show the, the the talent that is over there. Yeah, no, it's it's an absolute, it's a rich rich area, wonderful football history. It's gone from five leagues to four. It's uh, I guess they've always the challenges of travel as well, Troy. I mean, you would have experienced that as a young lad, having to make some fairly long hauls to get to away games. But uh, yeah, I just can see that it's on the verge of really bedding itself down and becoming well, just remaining as a, as a really critical area in regard to South Australian community football and, of course, its relationship with the Norwood Football Club. Let's just turn our attention very briefly to uh, last week against Glenelg. It really was a tale of two halves, Clemo. 
I mean, that first half, could you have played much better? Uh, I think you can always look to improve hooky, and uh, we we did play some some really good football. Um, we we certainly would have, were addressing issues at uh, at quarter time and the half that that certainly could make us better. Um, but it it certainly was the style of football that we wanted to play and 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 take into any game, regardless of whether it's the Bays who were eight and zip at the time or whether it is uh, any other club that we come up against. So we uh, not getting ahead ourselves were very. Well, not very happy, but we were reasonably happy with the with the first half. Um, been able to hold them, I think it was only to two goals at the half, and and for us to be able to get onto the scoreboard the way we did, um, we certainly were um, reasonably happy and reflective on that first half at the at the break, thinking that yeah we're we're doing okay, we're doing the right things, but it was to, I guess, maintain it for the four quarters. Mm. So what did, did you get a sense of what switched? We were talking to Tristan before and maybe the group just went into their shell a little bit, felt like they'd kicked enough goals, that they had the big enough lead and maybe they just went subconsciously back into their shells a little bit. Did you get a, a sense of maybe what changed early in that third term? Yeah, I thought the third term was still uh, reasonably competitive. Uh, Glenelg, obviously, a side like you, uh, like we know, eight and zip. They um, they're a quality side. They're going to come out and challenge us. They made some changes through the midfield. Um, possibly there may have been a little bit of, uh, I guess, thinking that it, we've we've done okay in the first half and we can just continue to roll on. I don't know that we ever thought about saving the game, um, but we certainly were challenged and and I believe probably in the second half we we fell into some old habits that certainly. Um, would have maybe caused some confusion within the players on the ground, some playing uh, the way that Jade is coaching, some playing sort of an older style. It, uh, it, it certainly wasn't the type of football that we wanted to play. Um, we went away from what made us or makes us good when we play as a, uh, as a strong United Norwood team. And uh, that's probably the more the disappointing fact that we actually went away from, from our style of what makes us good. I'm sure you as a coaching panel assess yourselves as well as the players. In hindsight, did you guys discuss maybe there was something different you could have done as a coaching group? Yeah, we, we certainly, like you say, we have reflected on it since the game and um, we uh, go back to the drawing board as we have this week and look at what uh, what changes we made. Did we make them quick enough? Did we, um, I guess, sort of address the uh, what was going on in the midfield? I know uh, as a backline Coach, we were looking at their forwards. Reynolds started to get on, uh, started to get up and about. McBean, mm. who uh, was held beautifully during the day by Talia, started to get his hands on it a little bit. But I think Talia still won the battle for the day. Uh, Pink was certainly uh, influential as well. So we sort of, um, as you said, I guess reflected and uh, and I, being the the coach of the back six, I guess I probably focused more on that and my. Uh, side of things and, and talking to, to Twig about it. To, there's certainly things that we'll, we'll keep, up, keep up our sleeve for next time around. Mm, for sure. I, I know you're the backline coach, and so therefore this is probably in someone else's ballpark, but we've just struggled to score uh, late in games, uh, Clemo. I think final term, North Adelaide round three, only one behind the second half against South Adelaide. We're a game we won in round five, uh, zero five. I think Eagles round eight. We were two eight after quarter time, and round nine, of course, against Glenelg, uh, one four in the second half. Is that just maybe a bit of a, a what you're going to have to expect a little bit with a young group, and you're playing a very high intensity game of football that sometimes a couple of players are just going to maybe run out of out of petrol a bit. 
Yeah, I think our playing group is only fit enough as a uh, as a whole. I don't think it's running out of the petrol as such. Uh, I think it's probably a uh, a mindset. We've obviously uh, struggled in front of goals this year, and, and as you said, as a defence coach, um, I sort of don't really take uh, ownership of that area. That I know I, I know the players. As we see on the training track as coaches, they, uh, they're doing everything they can to make sure that we do hit the scoreboard and, we, uh, and we're kicking accurately. So um, I think just as a group, we've got to continue to, to get the ball inside our forward 50 and give ourselves the opportunities to, to get on the scoreboard late. Um, obviously, other sides are doing what they do to, to, to nullify our, uh, our inside 50s. But um, I think it's just a, a week-by-week um, proposition that we, we go back to the drawing board and, and try to improve in all areas. Jade Rawlings tweak the senior coach. Rob Harding oversees the football department. I mean, both of them have a very strong philosophy on contested ball and being at the contest. Uh, geez, Troy, I remember watching you play many of your 200 games for the Norwood Football Club, and that was certainly the way you used to like playing your football. Do you feel like you've really gelled well with these guys that you probably haven't had much to do with in previous years? Has that been a great working relationship? It has been a fantastic working relationship. Twig uh, is a great mentor coach. He certainly uh, he educates, he assists, he gives us... Um, a little bit of free reign with with our coaching, um, and Rob is is very much in the same um, same style as as Twig. So as a first year assistant coach at this level, I uh, felt nothing but great support from both of those guys. And and as you said, our contested style of football, which makes us a really good team when we play it consistently, is the style I like. So. I, uh, I'm particularly hard on our back six that we, we, we play in a physical, aggressive, um, in-your-grill type of uh, style of football as, you, as, as you've seen with our contested, uh, contested style. And, and it certainly helps with, uh, with my own thoughts on coaching and, and game style, really, um, I guess, following Twig's overall uh, game and uh, philosophy and style. Talking to Troy Clements, 200-gamer for the Norwood Football Club, best and fairest in 2001, now assistant coach overseeing the back line. Uh, let's just uh, quickly preview the game against South Adelaide on the weekend. Clemo, uh, uh, down to Norlunga on Monday. Gee, it's going to be a fantastic test, isn't it? It is, absolutely. Um, like you said earlier on, we were able to get, uh, get over the line earlier in the year at home. Uh, certainly down there at Nalunga it'll be a, a bigger, wider oval and, and South Adelaide certainly like to, to open a game up and, and run an attack and it certainly will be a, a big challenge for us uh, I haven't actually looked on, on the weather map as to what it will be, uh, be like but uh, we certainly after the last two weeks will be stealing ourselves for a, for a solid contest and, and going down there and challenging ourselves against the team that's sitting second on the ladder with seven and two um, there are only two losses, us and the Bays. So they certainly will be confident going into the game. I know um, just watching the news last night that Joel Cross plays his 200 the game this year, uh, this week. So obviously they've uh, they've got a little bit of an incentive to get up and about for uh, for their champion. But um, certainly no better uh, challenge for us right at this point in time when we've had a, a couple of, I guess, um, challenging weeks to really steal ourselves and go down there and uh, and play our style and get a result. Troy, we're looking forward to it. We uh, would love to see the Red Legs head down to Norlunga and come back with a couple of points. Uh, go well on Monday, and thanks for your time this afternoon on Red Legs Radio. Appreciate it. Cheers, Hookie. Thanks very much.
Troy Clements there, 209 games for the football club, an absolute favourite son, life member, best and fairest in 2001. Back with the club this year as an assistant coach. We are absolutely thrilled to have him on board at the Norwood Football Club. That was him taking us through everything that happened last week and, of course, looking ahead to the game against South Adelaide on Monday, the Queen's birthday holiday. We are off to a break. On the other side, we've got plenty more to talk about around the Norwood Football Club. Don't go away. You're listening to Redlegs Radio. You're listening to Redlegs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Palmerbet. Play the punting advantage this footy season. Gamble responsibly. Call the Gambler's Helpline on 1-800-858-858. You're listening to Redlegs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Palmerbet. Play the punting advantage this footy season. Gamble responsibly. Call the Gambler's Helpline on 1-800-858-858. Final term here at Red Legs Radio. We're getting ready for the big game on Monday. We take on South Adelaide down at Norlunga. Just a little bit of injury news that you may be interested in. Nick Pedro is still being monitored for concussion symptoms, so he is at this stage out indefinitely. Matthew Panos, we're, of course, aware of. Henry Crawford is still out with a back as well. So I'll just give you the quick list. Mitch Wilkins, we may see him on the weekend. That will be particularly exciting. He has had an ongoing back issue. Michael Knoll with his toe. We're not expecting to see him until after the bye. That's round 12. Um, Marcus Roberts, also round 12. Daniel Fairbrother, not till round 14. Brad Ficken, not until round 14. And then those others, as I suggested, Crawford Carey, Pedro, uh, all to be confirmed. So hopefully... Those guys recover as quickly as they possibly can because we're going to need them in the second half of the year as we make our push to finals. Well, it's time to talk about what is going on, not just in the football club, but around the football club as well. And in particular, what is happening at the wonderful Wolf Blast Community Centre that those of you who go to Cooper Stadium will be able to see or maybe spend some time in over the course of an afternoon of league footy. Joining us is the venue manager of the Wolf Blast Community Centre, Matt Cody. Matt, welcome back to Redlegs Radio. Thanks, Ben. Good to be back on. Uh, well, very exciting. You've got a couple of major events coming up. I think uh, Andrew Pridham will be uh, at the community centre for the business lunch in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, how, how have the business lunches been received? Yeah, look, he's, uh, he's coming in, which is going to be absolutely fantastic to have. Um, business lunches have been going really, really well. So the one coming up is almost sold out. Uh, so if people are wanting to get along to that, they're going to have to book in really quickly. And um, we're already taking bookings for the next one. So uh, people are absolutely loving them. And the next one, of course, is Craig Kelly. Uh, well, great of the Norwood Football Club. Went on to be a champion of the Collingwood Football Club. And Collingwood certainly in the news at the moment with Nathan Buckley departing the club, uh, well, after this weekend's uh, rounds, Matt. Yeah, I'm sure he'll have some um, some pretty fantastic stories to be able to tell, both from Norwood and from Collingwood, which should be a, uh, a great afternoon to come. So that'll be Craig Kelly in July after Andrew Pridham, June 21. Uh, what about uh, Thursday nights? And I imagine there'll be a few people there, but uh, what's the crowd been like Thursday nights, watching training, maybe having a couple of drinks, a couple of Barossa Boy Reds or a Cooper's beer? Uh, just tell us yeah, a bit about what that, that atmosphere's been like. It's been going really, really well. Uh, we're obviously building and building with our um, with our regulars and whatnot, and they're bringing more and more people in. People are able to get nice and close to the training and see how we're looking for the week ahead. So people have been absolutely loving that sort of interaction. Uh, we get the players up once a month as well to come for a meal and a bit of a mingle with all of our uh, all of our bistro guests. So that's fantastic. And uh, we've got Claves who's doing the MC work for us, who always turns the night into a great laugh. It's uh, it's a fantastic night to come on up, have a have a pint or two or a glass of red. Uh, Matt, what about outside of the football club? Has the community been using the Wolf Blast Community Centre? 
Yeah, the engagement's been fantastic. So we've been lucky enough to be booking in heaps of celebration, uh, whether it be 21st engagement parties, um, people have been absolutely going to town on it, which is fantastic. And we're starting to book up a few meetings in the likes of the local businesses too. So we're really, really surprised with the support we've had. It's been absolutely fantastic and looking for that to continue. The, uh, the people around us have just been absolutely incredible. Matt, if, uh, if you're someone who's got maybe a milestone birthday coming up or a big celebration, some sort of uh, function centre thereafter, how do you get in contact with you and the team at the function room? Yeah, so look, uh, we've got our new website that we've just launched, so that's definitely your first go-to. So it's norwoodfunctionroom.com.au. We've just launched that website. There's heaps of details on there for everybody, so you can have a bit of a peruse through what we do, have a look at some photos. It's also got contact information on there. Um, alternatively, people can also call the club. Um, so they can call on 83626559 and get in contact with myself there, Matt. Um, and I'm more than happy to have a bit of a chat with people, invite them down, show them around. And, yeah, I love showing this space off. So anyone that wants to come down for a visit and a bit of a look for, uh, for something they think they might like to plan, love to see you. Matt, it's a wonderful venue. You're doing a wonderful job at it. It's the Wolf Blast Community Centre. You're Matt Cody. Uh, keep up the great work. Thanks for joining us on Red Legs Radio. Good on you. Thanks, Ricky. Matt Cody there, the uh, function room manager at the Wolf Blast Community Centre. Well, that wraps us up, ladies and gentlemen. We're off to Norlunga on Monday. Get down there, support the team. Hopefully, we'll see you back here next week after a big win. Thanks for joining us on Redlegs Radio. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.